Boy, we needed that sermon bumper this morning, didn't we, folks? You awake yet? You have me really concerned here today. Um, you know what we need to do? How about you stand up with me? Come on, one more time. Here we go. Do a little stretching. A little stretch. Okay. You awake yet? I, I, some of you have me concerned. So um, what we're going to do is if, you, if you're concerned about yourself, why don't you remain standing during the message? That's why the pastor stands. I don't know if you know that. Uh, that way he stays awake during his message. If you're feeling okay, go ahead and have a seat now. We have such an important opportunity for us today, and I'm so excited about it. This is what I, this is part of why I'm here. Uh, this is what, why God has led us here. Um, he's already been doing some great things in my life, in my family's life, um, and even doing some neat things here with our church ministry. I don't know if you realize this. Whenever a church goes through a transition and has um, a, a pastor, especially an established pastor, 45 years here, and they bring in a new guy, there's always some kind of a lull and some challenge. And, and even um, whether with giving or with attendance, oftentimes there's some shift there. And, um, and I just really feel God has been so generous with us. I don't know if you realize, but right now, and who knows with today's offering, I really don't know, um, but with, with where we have been, if today we're just a regular average giving day, we are within 2% of our total annual budget goal. And we have a chance actually to reach it today. And I don't know if that happened. Even if it doesn't, I'm ecstatic to see how God's taking care of us. And then in December, because most of the time, December is a four-week, four-Sunday month. And here for this December, from these first four weeks in December, we have the best, and I know people are saying, really? You know, when you look at today's attendance, but we have over these first four Sundays of December, the best giving or um, attendance average we have had, you ready for this? Since 2010. Isn't that awesome? So praise God for that. That's just really, really special. So, um... Always good to take time to celebrate, and many of us have also had some personal celebrations over the course of the year in your family, in your personal life, um, and we celebrate with all of that. Some of our family celebration, one of our celebrations is just us being here. We love it here. We love being with you folks. We love the area. Um, we wish there were a little less snow, but other than that, uh, everything is way beyond what we ever anticipated, and we're, we're just so excited. Today we're talking about mission and vision, and between this week and next week, we're going to be casting a specific vision for 2018. I've been talking 2018 so much for the last six months, I will have no problem writing it on my checks, okay? It's already in, it's in my brain I've actually already been writing it down instead of 2017, and I just can't wait for the clock to tick into tomorrow, and we get to jump right at our mission and vision for this coming year. I will have an opportunity at the end of our time here for text message questions. 
We're going to be rolling out two areas of vision for um, this coming year, this morning, and I know that there will be questions. And so for our opportunity to interact, um, just grab a hold of these uh, of, the, of the cell number here, 231-492-5673, and you can text a question in at any point in time during our discussion, and I will do my best to answer those at the end of our time uh, together. And we'll be showing that number a little bit later, but if you want to write it down for future reference, go ahead and grab that, and uh, we'll be chatting about that. Mission is critical, folks. Mission is the unchanging goal that encompasses all that we do. And some people are establishing a mission, and they will be starting it tomorrow with a New Year's resolution. I don't know if any of you have thought about a New Year's resolution. One person has said, though, if you aim for nothing, you'll be sure to hit it every time. And it's very true. You have to have a mission. You have to have a goal. Now, are you thinking about your New Year's resolutions? I don't know if any of you have thought about them. Many of them, most New Year's resolutions, you have a little guess what most New Year's resolutions are all about? Weight loss or... Fitness. That's what the majority of, of uh, New Year's resolutions are about, weight loss or fitness. And millions of people wake up on January 2nd and are now faced with the question, how am I, how am I going to lose weight? How am I going to get more fit? And this is why right now, if you've noticed on TV, there are endless endless commercials for Nutrisystem and exercise equipment and gym memberships and diet supplements because they're trying to sell you, here's a strategy. If you want to lose weight and that's what your mission is in 2018, here's a strategy for doing that. Here's a strategy for being more fit. Every mission needs a strategy. Every mission needs some practical way to implement it Many diets will fail on January 3rd because they never had a strategy. And you know, people go, I want to lose weight. Everyone has good intentions. Everyone wants to look better, more fit. But if you don't have a strategy and you don't have a passion to pull it together, January 3rd, you're not going to be any different than you were January 2nd and come December 31st, 2018, guess what we'll be wanting to do for 2019? Many diets will fail with no strategy. Many diets will fail this week with no passion or stamina. Now, mission isn't easy. If mission were easy, everyone would be all set. But it's actually hard. I'm going to tell you, um, God had a mission for us at Christmas. And I don't know if you remember what the angel said to Joseph. But he mentioned to the, um, uh, I'm sorry, what the angel said to the shepherds to go into Bethlehem and they're going to see this baby wrapped in swaddling clothes. And he mentions right there that he will save his people. Remember how this goes? He will save his people from their, okay, from their sins. This is God's mission. I need to save people from their sins. And guess what his strategy was? 
was Jesus. It was a man who came to earth to die on the cross for our sin. And those who believe in him, the scriptures say, will not perish, but will have everlasting life. So Christmas, there was a mission. God wanted to save his people. Jesus continued that mission. He came to seek and save that which was lost. And he was the strategy, and his death on the cross was the strategy to free us up from our burden of sin. So every mission needs to have a vision. It needs to have a strategy for it to happen. Now, what I want to talk to you about here in these next number of points, so grab your study guide if you would. We're going to work through these together. What I want to give you is actually about a year old. And if you were on the search team, some of this is going to look very familiar to you because close to a year ago, we were Skyping together and talking about mission for the church and vision. And I sent them six bullet points of things I believed about mission and vision, and this is where they are. And then from these, we're going to talk about strategies. So you got your pen there. I want to give you um, the blanks to fill in for these. And, uh, and I want us to think about the issues of mission and vision for us here at East Bay Calvary Church. So here's number one. It's something to think about. Write it down here. Mission comes before vision. Mission comes before vision. I know this may seem elementary. Our mission here is more and better disciples. It's just very simple. It's very plain. More disciples, better disciples. And it precedes vision. Some people come up with a vision first. They say, man, I love this program. We need to do that program. And it precedes the mission. And oftentimes, what ends up becoming the mission is to save that program to make sure that they never lose that thing. And ultimately, our mission comes first. It comes before the vision. When we figure out what our mission is, then we go ahead and attach vision to see how we're going to accomplish it. Here's number two, mission without, here's the big word, ongoing vision. Mission without ongoing vision is stagnant. Having a good mission or a one-time vision is not enough. The waters of vision must continue to move the mission or stagnation begins. I've heard people say this. It is very true. You are either growing or you are, yeah, or you're going. Now, you people, do we need to stand up again? (laughs) Unbelievable. I know it's hard work digging yourself out. I know it is, so I, I understand that. But let's think about it. You are either Growing or you are going. We have to be thinking about keeping the mission and the vision moving along and keeping the waters fresh. Here's number three. Vision may be conceived in one, but must be shared by many. Vision must be con- uh, may be conceived in one, but must be shared by many. Collaborative, prayerful discussion Amongst leaders and people should be the norm when sculpting vision. In the multitude of counselors, there's great wisdom, the Bible says. Someone may conceive it. Everyone must share it. Here's number four. Vision must be communicated early, well, and often. 
must be communicated early, well, and often. Here's a phrase I love. People are often down on what they're not up on. It's very true. People aren't up on it, oftentimes they're down on it. And so we need to be able to talk about these things early and well and often and keep the lines of communication open as we do. Here's number five. Vision must be implemented, and your blank is a key word for us. It must be implemented, evaluated, and improved. Vision must be implemented, evaluated, and improved. Here's a key thing. Mission never changes. Mission never changes. Our mission of more and better disciples is, is not going to adjust because it's God's mission for us that stays the same. Our vision on how to accomplish more and better disciples, that can adjust. It needs to be flexible, and we need to look at what we're doing and evaluate it and say, is it successful? Is it not successful? And we can adjust that vision based upon people, culture, advancements, because we want to be effective in accomplishing the mission. Here's number six. People today don't support budgets. People today don't support budgets. They support vision. Does it excite you that we pay consumer energy from our budget? Does that really excite you? Now, does it excite you that we pay the natural gas bill here in the church if we didn't pay it, it would excite you. I can tell you that. <clears throat> but, but people look at a budget and it doesn't excite them. But I tell you what, we look at our budget and we realize the reason why we pay consumer energy is not because we care for consumer energy. I think you know that is because we care for people. And we want you warm and we want you undistracted. And we don't want you to die from pneumonia or something like that. We want people to be able to focus and think about the most important thing, which is the message of God. And when we give to even programs like VBS or Awana or Sunday School, we, we care for kids who need to experience love and learn about Jesus and when we pay for facility managers, it's, it's not that we just care about a building. Oh, we love this building. Well, we're grateful for it. But what we really care about is providing a place for people to learn, be inspired, to worship, to grow. And even a pastor's salary isn't merely to care for a pastor, but to provide for teaching, counseling, love, direction, relationship, discipling. So if someone asks me, how much of your budget goes to your mission? Here's what I tell them. 100%. 100% of our budget goes to our mission. Everything we give to here goes to help our mission ultimately of more and better disciples, whether it be here or whether it be abroad. So here's two things we've been talking about, and then we're going to jump into our specific strategy. We've been talking about two things and they're up here right now. One is the goal, and this is what I've been talking about with our mission. This may look familiar from a few months ago. We talk about our goal, we have to hit the bullseye. 
We do have a target as a church family, and we've already talked about it as more and better disciples, and this is the thing that we need to keep looking at over and over to make sure are we really focused on the main thing God wants us to focus on. Does our heart be, is our sight set on making more disciples and making them better, more like Jesus Christ? And that needs to be the focus of our attention. And then we talked about a second thing, and maybe you remember this ladder from before. Beyond focusing on the mission, here's the second thing that we focus on, and we focus on others. We focus on others, and I don't know if you remember this from before, but some of us, when we climb this ladder in our spiritual development, and we get farther up, and we kind of anticipate that others who develop spiritually are going to develop the same as we do, and sometimes we end up pulling out these rungs, and it makes it harder for them to be where we are. And we all need to remember, we started on the bottom rung. We all started somewhere, and we need to keep in mind the focus of others. Jesus mentioned this a couple times. One big time was when he talked to uh, his disciples, and he says, you remember if, if a shepherd has 99 sheep in the fold and one goes off, he said, doesn't he leave the 99 and go after the one? You know why he leaves the 99? They're safe. They're, they're in the fold. They're protected. It's not that they're unprotected. He leaves them in the fold protected. They're not going anywhere. And he goes after the one who's lost. Uh, Romans 15, 1 through 3 mentions that we who are strong need to bear with the failings of the weak and not please ourselves. And so there's three groups, and we talked about this before there's three groups that we've been thinking about and praying about here at East Bay Calvary. We're praying about those far from God. We're praying about those new to God. And we're praying about those who are most at risk. Far from God, new to God, and most at risk in their relationship with God. Those are the ones that we're initially focusing on. You know what? I'm just going to tell you, you don't need to worry about me. They don't need to worry about me leaving the fold if something goes on around here that I don't like. And those people who are seasoned in their faith, you know what, we need to have that same thought. You know what, don't worry about me, I'm here. I'm not walking away from God. Don't worry about scratching my itch. Let's think about those who are far from God, new to God, or at risk in their relationship with God. Let's focus on them and start to target them in our ministry a little bit more purposefully. So here we go. I've got five strategy vision items for 2018. Today we're going to talk about two. Next week, we're going to talk about three. And all week long, I want you to talk about these to God and pray about them with me. Here's one of the first and probably the biggest strategy item I wanted to talk with you about today, moving into 2018, and here's what it is. Here's how you fill in your blank. It's a children's 10.30 Sunday morning 
ministry. Okay, okay, I hear some clapping. Woo, I have five yes votes. Amen. Children's 1030 Sunday morning mystery, or mystery, yeah, ministry. <laughs> I think I need a nap too, right along with. Oh my. There's one thing our church has, and I'm, I'm just being straight up with you, more than any other church I've seen, we have some of the most outstanding people gifted with a heart for kids and an ability and creativity beyond anything I've ever witnessed in another church ministry. We are stacked with kids' people, and it's awesome. Did you see what we had two weeks ago with our kids' Christmas production? Was that not just outstanding? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That was fantastic. Have you ever come to our VBS? And if you haven't, you need to poke your head in during a week of that, and you see about 175 kids here and dozens and dozens and dozens of workers. You poke your head downstairs midweek during Awana, and you see people that have been dedicated for over 30 years in a ministry working with kids. And you realize, folks, this is unique. What we have here is just not transferred in every other ministry around us. What we have in our ability and giftedness with kids is God-given. And I really believe we are in a very strategic position to do something dynamic for our kids at the most strategic time of a church's service times. And, and here's, here's what I want to talk to you about. You know, if you invite a guest to come to church, typically the time you invite them for is 10.30. When does your worship service start? 10.30. Come and sit with me. Or if someone, and I'm praying to God this is the case, someone at home this week is, one of their New Year's resolutions is, I need to come back to God. And they go online and they look at East Bay Calvary Church. Guess what service they're going to look for? 1030. This one right here. And of all the service times that we're set up with our best stuff on, we do a great job. We have awesome Sunday school teachers. We have great Awana people. Awesome VBS stuff. Great kids productions. We do have something going on during this hour. And however, the intensity and the regularity of it can be jacked. And so here's what I'm thinking about. This is stuff that we've been praying about in our elders meetings. I want you to know, um, our elders, we've been discussing this since I stepped foot here six months ago. We've been talking and praying about this all the way through. I also, um, if you were here two years ago, we took surveys of the church and I was supplied with all of that material to look up the great needs of our ministry and how you folks perceive them. And then you also have had some input in my thinking and together there has been a collaborative thought for these things right here. And here's what your thoughts, elder thoughts, have come together in 
the way that I put this down here for us to think about. Here's what we're thinking about. I'm looking for a ministry during this hour that starts in the parking lot. And it starts with signage. And you come through these front doors, and if you've ever been here for VBS, it is the most decorated place in all of Traverse City. And there is stuff in the foyer that kids, when they walk in, they know this place is for them. And they come in, and they walk down the hallway, and they step into an auditorium that has a complete set, and there is music for them, and there's puppets for them, and there's workers for them in a large setting. And so some of my thought is this. VBS is one of the most attractive ministry for our kids. And it's also a tremendous spiritual bump for our kids. It's not all fluff. There's a lot of substance there. And so the idea is I would love to see a VBS type of thing every Sunday. And there are some kids here that are saying, yeah. And there are some VBS workers here that are saying, what? <laughs> Mission isn't easy, people. But I really believe we need to have one of the most attractive ministries for our kids during this hour. Because there will be some families that walk through here that need to know Jesus and I want their kids to drag them back the next Sunday. And if you're a parent, you ever go to the place and you want your kids to go back, and they're like, oh, mom and dad, please no. You know how hard that is? I want kids to grab their parents. I want kids to have a mutiny in the house if mom and dad even suggest not going to church. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And, and I've changed my notes 10 times. Let me just give you what I saw from what you've said and what, what the elders have talked about. I just see kids and parents coming through that back door and there's signage and there's decoration and there's an adjustment in our facility that shows kids, this place is for you. I want them to go down a hall <clears throat> to come to a room and it needs to be there needs to be safety and protection thought for all of our kids and parents. We live in a, in a difficult world today. We need to have in mind all of this, that, that kids check in and that parents are connected with that. And then they go into a master room like this, but downstairs, and there's a stage, and there's music that they love, and there's choreography that they love, and there's a master teacher setting that is someone is able to captivate their attention and teach substantive teachings from God's word. And then kids go into small groups after that. And they're with their small group leader, which is where they get relationship. And if they don't show up the next week, it's where they get their postcard and their follow-up card or a phone call during the week or whatever it may be. And that's where they connect relationally and they do a follow-up activity to their lesson and they learn more about Jesus, and they learn a verse together, and they develop their relationship together, and then they're encouraged to come back again the next week. But something that is highly attractive to them and something that has excellent Bible focus.
to do this is going to take a lot, lot, lot of work. If you've been involved in VBS, you know the type of work that's involved in this. It's going to take a lot of leaders and helpers with this. <clears throat> and since we are not taking anything right now away from any of our pastor's responsibilities, it really is going to need someone outside of our immediate staff who will take something from a ground level and build it up. And so here's what we've been talking about. I put it out to you to think about and pray about. <clears throat> we are talking about allocating six to $7,000 to proceed with a pilot program for this kid's ministry. We want to do a test run. If you buy a car, you get to test drive it. So we want to take this thing for a test drive. And we're looking about a test drive right after Easter. And so Easter is April Fool's Day, if you can believe it. And it's interesting, the Bible says, the fool has said in his heart, there's no God. So what an awesome, awesome day to have that. But anyways, beyond that, <clears throat> we're looking at a four to six week test run of this kid's ministry starting April 8th. And here's the beauty of this. It's going to give someone um, three and a half months to build this and develop it. And it's going to give us the opportunity to promote this kid's ministry all the way up through the most attended Sunday of the whole year, which is Easter Sunday. And then we launch April 8th. And it'll go four to six weeks, depending upon um, how someone ends up working through that to really believe we can get a good enough test run on it. We want to allocate six to $7,000 for that test run in April. Part of the money is for a temporary director's salary. It would be a part-time temporary director's salary. I like to say it's the benefits and pay of part-time, but with the responsibility and hours of full-time. Doesn't that sound great? We're going to be looking for a temporary part-time director to help us get this thing up and going and to do a full test run in April. You're asking me, where in the world are we going to get someone like that? You don't realize it. I've been praying about this person for months. And I'm just praying that this person comes from this room. And maybe you're sitting here this morning saying, oh my that could be me. Not me as in me, Brian, but me as in you. If God's put it on your heart, I really want you to consider it. It's going to be a lot of work, 15 weeks, at least 20 hours a week to pull something like this off. And let me tell you, is there really a better mission that you could be involved in? than making more and better disciples out of our kids and having a direct impact on families attending here every Sunday morning. Think about it. Pray about it. And then it's going to require a lot of assistance. Not one person can pull this off. There will need to be multiple individuals working together to pull this off. There'll need to be a core team that brainstorms and plans, a kid's team 
that helps to implement this all the way through that month of April and into May. And there'll be needs for promotion, advertising, checking on curriculum and decorations and crafts and learning and t-shirts and staffing and check-in and parent communication and purchasing needed supplies. This is a big deal and we're gonna need a number of people to pull together for specifically this four to six week test run. And if that's something that God would lay in your heart, I, I want you to be open to it. I, I want you to really strategically think about being a part of one of the best things our ministry could do for kids all year long. And so here's what we're gonna do with this. <clears throat> if you um, <clears throat> notice here on your sheet, and some of you have already handed these things in like you should have. Thank you, Jeff. Um, if you did hand these in, no worry. When you walk out right over here at the information desk, there's about 100 of these sitting there. And if you are interested, now that we're not signing you up forever, if you are interested in being considered for this part-time temporary director of our kids' ministry or helping out on the kids' ministry team, there are a couple check spots there I'd love for you to check. And then there's some baskets right there. And if you fill these out in your pew right now or in your seat, you can put them in the basket at the information booth. Or if you already handed one in, you want to fill it out, go ahead and do that and put that out there. One thing I want everyone to check, if you would, please, is to pray for this. This needs prayer. We need God's help on this. And I ask that you check that box to pray for the kids' ministry. Now, here's the one thing. So you're saying... Pastor, we want to do this temporary test run. Yes. Four to six weeks. Yeah. What if it goes well? After that, we want to have an evaluation time with parents, leaders. Let's talk about it. What was good? What needs development and improvement? If it really goes well, I want to do a full scale launch of this in the fall. And this will be much more substantial in nature. And we would now make this temporary part-time person a non-temporary part-time person director. And then we would look even to adjust our facility to have permanent improvements for our kids thing. In the spring, we're looking at temporary stuff, hanging and that type of thing. For a fall launch, we would be looking at more permanent adjustments to the facility with painted murals and wall art. And some people have even come up with crazy ideas like a slide that goes downstairs into the kids' room, which we need to keep you adults off of probably. But whatever it is, that would be highly attractive to kids and give us the opportunity and a foot in the door to share Jesus with them. We would love to make those adjustments here more permanent. That might take a little bit of money. That might take a lot of bit of money. That could be in the tens of thousands of dollars to do any facility adjustments. 
And that doesn't scare me. And here's why. There's, some may ask, how in the world will we ever fund more permanent adjustments to our facility to make it kid-friendly? And I don't even know what all the adjustments would be. That's why we would bring on a director and why they would be talking with our deacons and our elders about some of these potential adjustments. But how would we fund it? And here's, here's what I would suggest with that. Number one, obviously, we'd be praying about it. Because I really believe if God has a mission and a vision here for East Bay Calvary, he's, he's not going to bring us to it, but leave it unfunded. He's going to take care of it. And God may be putting it on people's hearts right now. If we're going to do that here, I'm going to step up to the plate and I want to support something like that that's going to touch my kids or my grandkids or my neighbor's kids. And some people say, that'll be me. And I want to step up and help to fund that. And I wouldn't doubt that one bit. And And there'll be no more satisfying thing you could do than to give to something like this. I also believe there's some other ways to care for it outside of our budget needs. And, and, and another one also might be that our church could consider if there are additional funds needed, that we have monies that remain from the sale of a Christian education ministry from a couple of years ago. And if we had a need and our church agreed to it, it would make some sense to take money from a Christian education for children ministry that was sold a couple years ago and put some of those money into a <clears throat> Christian education ministry for children right here at East Bay Calvary. <clears throat> Something for us to consider. <clears throat> Excuse me. I want to be completely wide open when we walk through this together. And those are some thoughts about funding that we've had if we do a fall launch on a full scale. Okay, I didn't scare you any away. Here's number two I want to give to you, and then we have time for text message questions. Here's number two. This one is really important. <clears throat> Not as big of a scale, however extremely significant in its scope. And here's, here's what we're talking about in number two, a ministry resource team. A ministry resource team. You know, one thing I, I was surprised with about Traverse City is we don't have a Christian bookstore. I, am, am I missing something? I haven't seen any resource like that around here. And you know, some of the, some of the biggest questions I get personally is, Pastor, could you recommend a devotional or you know, my marriage is struggling. Can you recommend a book? Or I'm working with my children. I'm struggling. And, and so for ministry resources, where would people go? How would they know even what to get? What about devotional materials? What about if I'm doing a sermon series like it's coming up in Esther and people say, I want to go deeper. What about some of our worship songs up here? And you're wondering, where can I get some of those? And, and, and in our discussion on an elder level and from some of the input here from our church family, We've even been thinking about a ministry resource center that we could stock with counseling material. Imagine a counseling center with a number of booklets that would help families through parenting difficult children. Or what about mental illness? Or there's plenty of things that people deal with with children that are significant in our region and culture like cutting and sexual abuse. What about people that want marriage help initially and don't know if they should go to pastor or other counselors? 
And you could have all these things. What about addictions and people that deal with alcohol and pornography? And, and there can be a counseling center with a number of booklets that people can go to to get some personal assistance in their own spiritual life and take some personal responsibility for that. At least they'd know where to go to, how to get answers. Devotional books, where do I start? Maybe make a New Year's resolution tomorrow. I want to be in God's word. And then you wake up tomorrow and you're saying, where do I start? What about some devotional books? So we're talking about establishing a ministry resource team. And this group of individuals would help to organize and promote resources that encourage personal discovery of truth and growth. And they would establish and maintain a church resource center to distribute and or sell resources at cost to our church family. And like I mentioned, they could be sermon study books, going deeper, um, music, devotionals, life counseling. Um, they could even, if they wanted to really go crazy with this, get involved in a church app. And everyone's got their phone. We could have devotionals come to your app every day. Or you can see what resources are available to you on that. Um, so you know what we're going to need from that? We're going to need your help with that. Maybe there's some people in here today that are saying, you know what, that's me. I'm all about resources. I'm all about looking up things like this. I would love to put together a resource center and work with elders and pastors on that. And if you are interested in joining the ministry resource team, there's a check box there for you on that. And if you have that still in your lap, go ahead and check that. If not, grab one of these on your way out and fill that out. Those are two things I wanted to present to you of our five. Next week, we are going to be looking at our hosting greeting ministry, our small group ministry, and our elective ministry for adult education. Those are three things we're going to be looking at next week. So, <clears throat> I'm wondering if you have any questions. And here are your opportunities for text message questions. I will do my best. I don't have all the answers, but let's see what comes up. There is the number. Um, does the new children's ministry Sunday morning time include the two and three-year-olds? You know what? <clears throat> that is a phenomenal question. I love it. <clears throat> there will be a thought with this children's ministry director to consider the education of all of our kids <clears throat> from nursery through sixth grade. Now, obviously, the nursery won't have all of the big master teacher and everything like that, but certainly the motif and the theme and the decorations can spill over from something for the older kids even into the younger kids in nursery. So certainly this would include every age child all the way up through sixth grade. That's a great question. <clears throat> Any other questions? What age groups would the Sunday morning children's ministry include? Do you envision older kids serving younger kids in this idea? <clears throat> so I just answered the first one. <clears throat> and uh, do I envision older kids serving younger kids? <clears throat> and
And the answer to that is yes. I see this as a great opportunity for our teens to be involved in service too. And there's many ways they could do it, whether in the worship areas or even in a small group assistant. There's a number of special places that they could be involved. And I, I do think that would be very important because they need to serve just like the rest of us. So another great question. Any other, let's see, if you sign up to help and be on the kids' ministry team, is this something you'd have to do every week or would it rotate? Um, <clears throat> every week until the rapture, okay? <laughs> After that, um, it doesn't... No, um, <clears throat> that would be something up to the director. Here's my thought. Um, I'm not sure what will happen during the test run. The director may say, you know what, here's how many people we have. We need to stick together and do this for a month straight. And I know you won't be in there in the main service, but it's a test run. That's, that's up to the director. Then after that, um, they may do a rotation. Um, I, I really, that would be up to them. There's also a thought and I'm just going to tell you this because I believe in transparency, okay? I'm praying for the day when it gets really crowded in here. And we need to think about some alternatives, like maybe a second service. I'm just, I'm begging God for that day. I want problems. I want problems like that here. And if that happens, a possible solution for our kids' ministry is that would as well then be both hours, just like the service in here would be both hours. And then you encourage people, you attend a service and you serve a service. You attend one, serve one. And that way no one misses out on the main teaching time of our church because they can come to one and then serve in the other. So there's that. But that's not in my 2018 five scary things for you. Okay, is there another question? Will there be opportunities for recovery ministry for those who are struggling with addictions and vices they can't seem to shake? And that is, what a need that is. I'll tell you, the Resource Center will be an introductory opportunity. It's not full scale, and I realize that, but at least it's something to help. And then <clears throat> what we should communicate is from that, if there are lingering challenges that you have, contact a pastor, contact a church leader for additional help. And that's initially what we'll be trying in 2018 to get people needed help. So it'll be on a lower scale um, with an opportunity for more assistance if needed. Great, great questions. Any others? Is there going to be more opportunities for college students beyond Connections? And that's, a, that's another great one. And I'm loving seeing our college ministry growing. It's really exciting. And, and that is a, that's a very good question. I know PR has been working diligently, not only with our teens, but with our college ministry. And he would love, because I've talked to him, he would love any and every suggestion for him in continuing to think through um, that strategic ministry here at East Bay Calvary, but I really love um, how it's growing right now.
Any others? Let's see what we got. Oh, isn't that a great thing? We're all done with the questions. Is that right? Are we? We're not all done. Never mind. We got another one coming. It's really, oh, here we go. So, um, let me see here. So the ultimate goal of this is, the ultimate goal is, has nothing to do with the facility. If I can express this right, and, and if I can't, um, it's not a problem of the mission, it's a problem of me being able to say it the way that I, that really gives it the worth and value. I really don't care about our facility when it comes to the ultimate mission. The ultimate mission is about more and better disciples. Um, so as far as just having something that's glitzy and glamoury for the sake of excitement and it really doesn't make a difference in people's lives, that I don't have any desire with that at all. And that's why a big word that we talked about earlier is evaluation. Um, that's on your uh, six things we talked about. We need to evaluate our vision. Is it accomplishing our mission? And if we get together and we say, you know what? We got something that's really exciting and kids love it, but are we really making more and better? And if we're not, we got to change it. Because it's not about more and exciting it's not even about merely just numbers. It's more and better. And so um, my desire initially is that we focus on more and better for kids. The outreach part of this is the one thing that we're going to be emphasizing all the way through 2018. This doesn't change one thing about our need for personal sharing of our faith. This just gives us a strategic opportunity to share our faith and bring people into this ministry. That's all. So personal sharing, that pie square, which is working right now, because I know some people are utilizing our pie square where we pray, invest, and invite in people's lives. That is still the main call of us for evangelism. And we need to be out in our community and sharing Jesus and your kids now can share Jesus and even have something to bring them to. And when you connect with your neighbor, with your grandkids, you can say, hey, here's, here's something that you need to come with me on. This is great. This is geared toward you. And so that's what we'll be talking about. But this doesn't take the place of, of Pi Square. This doesn't take the place of personal evangelism. That's something that we all need to do individually. This also doesn't take the place of supportive relationships. We can't say, you know what, um, my kids go to that and and um, I don't need anything else as far as church relationships. No, we do. We still do. And so um, this ministry right here is 
geared to give us something in our toolbox of evangelism, but it is not the only thing. And it's, it's, um, and it's not the building or the glitz or the glamour that we really care about. It's more and better. So I don't even know if I said that well or not, but there it is. Was there any other questions? We're probably going to have to... Um, Okay, is there a special training you would like the children's ministries to go through before the test run and launch? And yes, yeah. And I'll tell you what that is. That training is going to be exactly what the director wants you to go through. <laughs> and, um, and they'll be understanding that and pulling the team together over the next three and a half months. And we'll be praying our hearts out through this whole thing as we see what God's going to do through us together. So, here's what I need from you. Fill out that card. If you don't have one, they're in the back. We're actually going to take the opportunity over the next two or three weeks to interview with people. So don't delay forever. We want to give a new director as much opportunity time-wise and resources-wise to make this thing happen. So do fill that out. If you know of someone you feel would be good for this and maybe they got snowed in today, call them. Tell them to listen to this message and tell them to fill this thing out and get it in. And let's, let's get the word out because I really believe of everyone God has here, he's given us everything we need to pull this off. I, I believe it 100% and I'm excited about it. Um, pray. So pray about this, help with it, and then here's the biggest one. Give it a chance. Just give it a chance. I've seen some, some things get bogged down by upfront critique. We will evaluate it, guaranteed. But let's evaluate it after we've done it, not not beforehand. Give it a chance. Let's see what God can do with this together. Thank you, folks. This is a different, I'm not used to this kind of a message, you know. Uh, thanks for putting up with it and letting me leak out some vision. Next week are three critical things for us, and I'm excited about sharing those. How about you stand with me? You need to get home. You need to probably shovel more snow. And you need to take a nap. Just, you, you do. We all do. It's been a big, big weekend. How about I pray with you, and then um, God bless your time as you go. Safety on the roads, if you would. Father, we do stand one day before a brand new year, and we understand our future is just a day away. God, we don't want to succeed in things that you're not in. And you know we don't want to fail things that you are in. And God, the things that you are in, please help us to give our hearts and our minds and our time and talents and resources to for your honor and your glory. And God, may this truly be about your mission, about the edification of believers about the honoring of your son, Jesus Christ. 
But God, in all, I just pray, do some, do some great things here at East Bay Calvary. And if you're going to draw people to you, God, I pray, would you do it here? Would you use us? Would you entrust sheep to us that we can care for? We pray all this, God, in the name of Jesus Christ. And all the church said, amen. Have a great week. God bless you.